Pass here. My name is Pastor Rich Lee Pastor. I showed that video today because it talks about a subject we're going to talk about today, overcoming labels. And you are responsible for that church being planted over three years ago in Reno, Nevada. Uh, when we came together with uh, Pastor Brett and Joey Holman, I went to the assessment center. They were able to plan out, and we were able to support them. I will continue to support them through your hands and through giving. They were able to go into year three, and God has amazing things for them. So I give you guys a hand. Thank you for that. Let you know that we're part of a larger family of churches called Every Nation. The reason why I wanted to show this to you because in the very beginning when I took over this church in 2012, someone gave us a negative label. Someone said that it's an old church that is broke. I mean, a, a small church that is broke. And before I got through the flesh, I said, okay. And I remembered. All they're doing is underestimating what God wants to do to his people. And this is amazing what you guys are doing. That is your extended family. When we talk about reaching people, to, um, reaching people and building community, we're talking about local, national, and global. Every month we'll have a spotlight that will show exactly what you're doing. I get these little videos all the time thanking them about what you guys have sown from Abilene, Texas, all the way to Reno, Nevada. Next month we have a young, young church plant and, uh, planner and his wife are coming here to share with you that their ch new church plant they're going to have in southern um, in Austin, southern Austin, and we're going to be helping him and supporting him. He's one of our sons. He's a big guy, and he's an amazing guy. Him and his wife are coming here, and we're going to support them. We know about Church in Lubbock, Story Church, and we know we sent Alan and Lindsay out and how they started the church, they're starting that church in Denver. That's what God calls us to do. When we hit the world, we'll hit the city, and that's what we believe in. So really want to say, come out. But today we're talking about overcoming labels. Now, like it or not, we're all described by labels. Labels, let me give you a definition on label. A label is classifying, a classifying phrase or a name applied to a person or thing, especially one that is inaccurate or restrictive. Inaccurate or restrictive. Now, we, again, all of us carry some type of label. Some are positive. Someone might have said you're a hard worker. Someone might have said you're talented and you feel loved. But there's some negative Labels that we can be bound by and not even know it, that we grew up with or we've heard over the years. How about this one? You're slow. Stupid. Someone called you stupid growing up. Or continue. Felt unwanted. Felt worthless. Here's a big one in the church. Unworthy. You don't feel like you're worthy enough to come on Sunday mornings or to a discipleship group. Feel like you have to be perfect to come. Feel like a failure. Now, one thing I realize about negative labels, majority of them represent your past. But not in Christ, it doesn't represent you today or tomorrow. And I looked, through the, I looked on the Internet in 2019. I'm looking at so many labels that we classify ourselves and we petition ourselves with. You probably heard this. Someone asked you, like, they asked me, are you a conservative or are you a liberal? Are you a socialist? Are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice? How about this one? Are you a legal immigrant? And I said, yes. I'm from New York City living in Texas. I feel like an illegal immigrant. They always call me a Yankee. I said, why do you call me a Yankee? Because we beat y'all every... Never mind. Let me go. <laughs> Are we inv <laughs> evangelical? Are you alcoholic, addict, divorcee? Are you charismatic? Are you fundamentalist? 
Labels. Labels. And before I move forward, I want to share something with you. You will live to the level of your label. You will live to the level of your label. We're going to go to a scripture in Galatians chapter 3. If you know anything about the book of Galatians, it's written by Apostle Paul. It's the rawest book on the planet. Apostle Paul was dealing with the Galatian church. They were uh, receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they were born again. Next thing you know, some Jews came in and said, you cannot be born again because unless you're a Jew, you cannot be converted. You must eat this. You must not eat pork. You must act the way we act. You cannot be saved. It's impossible. And Paul came in that letter. If you ever read that letter, I want, I want to challenge you. Go on. It's only five chapters. It's one of the rawest letters I've ever seen because he was a little angry, very boisterous. And you'll see to a point, I won't even give it, I won't even get away. There's something he says, especially about circumcision, that just got on his nerves. And it's in the Bible. And what he's saying is you can't have the gospel and the gospel and works. The gospel and this. He's what he's saying. And now he's kicking it down because they start dealing with labels. They were labeling people. And you'll see here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. He said, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male and female. For you are all, everyone say all. Now, what does all mean in the Hebrew? What does it mean in the Greek? What does it mean in America? Thank you. One in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I ask right now, in this moment, people have come in with labels in their minds and in their hearts. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, you remove it. And Father, you give the true meaning of who they are and whose they are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You see here in Galatians 3.28, Paul's unpacking some things here. He comes up with three groups of labels that is described in this this text. First one, if you're looking at cultural labels, Jew or Greek, what we call race and we call ethnic groups. They were classifying the ethnic groups, Jew or Greek. Next one is not just cultural, social labels. Are you slave and free? Think about that now today, finances. Are you rich or are you poor? Wherever you stand in life, you can get judged by that. Third one is the gender labels, male or female. Those days, men were um, the superior race, the way they treated women, and they were sub-superior. And they had to deal with that in the church. He's, written, he's writing this to the church, not to the outsiders. And this is what's going on around him. And he also had to deal with this. They had Jews that were there, and this is what they would do. They would come and pray. This is, they would thank God, first for their, their superior, but they would thank God This is the Jews. Thank God I'm not a Gentile. That's a non-Jew. Thank God I'm not poor. Thank God I'm not this. Thank God I'm not that. And this is then they're in the temple praying. Now the Gentiles, so you're going to leave me out. They get up there and say, and they're thanking God. Thank God I'm not poor. Thank God I am not a Jew. What a prayer life. And we said, oh, how about some of your prayers? When you pray over your family. Thank God I'm not like my nephew. Thank God I'm not like my brother. Here you get there. You don't say anything. Yeah. But they were thanking God for being superior. And it wasn't about that. Remember, you'll live to the level of your label. You'll live to the level of your label. There's a story in the Bible. There's a guy in the Bible 
this amazing guy named Jacob. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. And Jacob was an amazing guy. His name meant this, heel holder. And I'll tell you why. Supplanter. He's a schemer. He's a trickster. That's what his name meant. And uh, Isaac is his dad. And he got married in Rebecca. And Rebecca was a schemer too. And Jacob, and he has a twin brother named Esau. Now, Esau means hairy. I don't know why God put that in there. I'm still trying to figure out the significance of that. Anyway, so she's about to give birth because she was barren. She's about to give birth. And Jacob said, and she, they said before she gave birth, they were wrestling in the womb, just fighting it out about who's coming out first. Jacob said, look, I'm going to struggle in the womb. I'm going to struggle against my brother. I'm going to struggle by everyone in the nation to become somebody. So he comes, they, they gives birth. Harry comes out first, Esau, right? And Jacob got his heel. He said, no, you're not. He tried to pull him back in, right? So it's amazing. I said, well, it happens in childbirth. When my son, when, when we, the light hit my son, Sterling, we called him Scooter in the beginning. When the light hit my son, he said, I ain't coming out. He scooted up. I said, you got to come out of here, bro. I'm about to pass out. I can't drink no more Melanta. <laughs> Remember? We call him Scooter. Remember? Because <laughs> he scooted up, man. Uh-uh, it's safe in here. But Jacob struggled with everybody. Struggle with something that he already had. The reason why, God talked to Rebecca and said, the, the older will serve the younger. Now, you got to look at the Bible in the very beginning. God had a pattern. The older always was the first birthright. They received first. God always seemed to go to the youngest. And the reason why, it's the same pattern that God has today. He gives to those who don't deserve it. Esau did not like his birthright. In fact, he sold it for a pot of stew because Jacob was working it to become number one. And God said, you are already going to be number one. Some of you Christians got to stop working off your guilt and your shame because you're already born again. God loves you. He can't do any more to make you love, love you more or less. You're working so hard for his approval, and he sends approval in a package named Jesus Christ. And he's working hard on it. And he, a, he struggled with everybody. He spent most of his time doing that. There's a point in time that he tricked his brother. Well, he tricked his, his, his mother, told him, um, your dad's going to lay hands on the firstborn. I need you. Now, mom is amazing. She's a schemer, too. I need you to put some fur on you. And I need you, because dad can hardly see, and I want you to be the first one. And Esau's out there getting the food, because that's what he did. And Jacob was the guy inside the house. He played on computers. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but he's a schemer. So dad gives him the blessing. Esau shows up, and then he, oh, my gosh, how can you do this? Now, this was going to happen anyway, but Jacob's working hard for it. So there's a separation point. Jacob takes off and gets involved trying to um, meet, new, meet his family. He got to go to extended family, who were tricksters from Rebecca's side. It comes a time that it's time for him to go back and see his brother. So he's worried about his brothers coming, to, they're going to meet. So Jacob did the thing that every man would do. Now, I'm afraid of Esau. He might kill me. So I'll send my, home, I'll send my wives, I'll send my kids, I'll send the animals, and I'll stay here until they get back. What a family. What a guy. What a guy. 
Nothing happened to them, but he stayed there tonight. God sent an angel, and he wrestled with that angel. He struggled against that angel. Angel could have beat him any way he wanted to, but he hit him in his socket, made him limp, and next thing you know, he went from, I'm not, I'm not going to let you go because the angel said, let me go. Let, I'm, gonna let, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. So he lets, you know, he says, what is your name? He said, yo, my name is Jacob. That's what he said. I'm a trickster. I'm a supplanter. That's what I do. That's who I am. And the, man, and the angel said, no longer will I call you trickster. Your name is Israel, which means God prevails. You prevailed against me, and you prevailed against man. You worked harder than Jacob. It was already yours. You didn't lose it by acting crazy. Now you have a new name, your old nature. The greatest thing about God when he gives you a new name, he doesn't expect you to operate in that name that quickly. Because when you start reading through the Bible, you start saying, Jacob, Israel. He was competing natures, the old nature of Jacob, new nature, Israel. It was his name. And he became the father of the patriarch. Now, you got to read about those guys. They were amazing. Now, if you struggle with blended family, read that. I mean, what a family. They had Joseph was at the end of one of those things, and they wanted to, how do you have a brother? You have a young man that everyone wants to kill. Here's my brother. Hey, happy birthday. I'll throw you in a pit. What a family. And God says, these are it. Aren't you glad that God asked for you to be perfect? He perfects who he calls. So when he said, Peter, you're my rock. Peter wasn't a rock yet. Peter heard, I'm the rock. And Jesus said, I'm going to die. And Peter said, since I'm the rock, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. And he felt good. He was affirmed by Jesus. You're going to be the rock. 20 minutes later, not even, Jesus calls him Satan. What a rebuke. Now, you can call me stupid, but we, Satan? Get behind me, Satan. Peter's the only guy that's been rebuked by the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a guy. Reminds me of me. <laughs> Shoot, ready, aim. And he became an amazing guy. The reason why I'm sharing that, you'll live to the level of your label. I grew up with some labels as a foster child. As a foster child, um, a lot of things I didn't know until I came to turn 13, and they decide when you're 13, they'll tell you everything about your life. Tell you when you were young, you were one month old. Uh, before then, you were born into drugs, and you know, if your family was drug addicts, and they had to detox you, and you were one month old, and you went to a family's home, and they didn't like you because you were too dark, and I'm like, wow, okay, I really feel good now. And then um, that's not even it. You're probably going to deal with drugs and alcohol the rest of your life because that's the urge that you were born with. Thank you. I'll take that one. And then you're 13 months old, and we place you here. And, and uh, what was amazing is, see, the labels are expectations. I started gravitating toward the expectations of me because you start feeling like insecure, unwanted, and what happens is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So my goal was if we're in relationship, let me break it first before you break me. So I'll tear it up before you tear me up. And I felt like I was feeling safe. And alcohol and drugs, oh, sure, no big deal. This was expected. That's the label. Then I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus... I found out I can overcome those labels. 
Some of us are sitting in their labels now. Some of you are sitting here devastated by your past decisions, and you think this is all there's going to be because you feel guilty every week. You shouldn't because to overcome a label is one thing you need to understand that they didn't get that Paul was trying to reiterate back to them. It's called the gospel. Everyone said the gospel. See, there's two words that you got to realize when you're born again. We talk about being disciples of Christ. You got to realize I was born again. I was born and I was, I was saved from something to something. A lot of us stop at the to something. We want to stay. Some, when you live in from something, you live in guilt and shame every week. You want to hope that I have an altar call. You can come up and feel better. Or you do all your life doing, doing things in guilt, hoping that you're going to overcome those things and God's going to love you even more. He loved you when he sent Jesus on the cross. Right? So what happens is there's a word that you see all through the New Testament I love. It's called two words, in Christ. Everyone say in Christ. In Christ. And when you look at this passage, in Christ, he says we're all one. In Christ, we're all one. I love the new uh, uh, English version of it. It says all one person in Christ. New Century Version says all the same in Christ Jesus. See, Jesus didn't come he came not to divide, but to unite us. You got to realize that. Now, it's a mystery because we don't get it sometimes. Now, here's the thing. In Ephesians 2.15, Paul, I mean, Paul writes this. He says, Jesus came, knocked down all the dividing walls, all the things that separate us that we're fighting over right now, all those things that separate us. And he said this, that he might create himself one new man, one new humanity. One new humanity. I'm making up a new race. Y'all are struggling off all these races, but I'm going to make up a new race. What does that mean, Pastor Rich? If Jesus chooses to come back tomorrow, you got to realize what line are you going to get in. Are you going to get in the conservative line? Or are you going to get in the agenda line? Or you're going to get in the cultural line. Because he came down and destroyed all the lines. Makes us think different. We're all one. I love what Galatians um, 3.26 says. For in, everyone say in Christ. You are all sons of God through what? Through faith. See, in Christ, human distinctions lose their significance. Romans 3.22 says Jesus is, all, is for all. I love that. For all. Who believe there is no distinction in eth- no distinction, period. That means in ethnic groups, economic groups, or gender. Not that they don't exist. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Not that they don't exist. They're still there, but guys, what? They just don't cause barriers in community. They don't cause a barrier today. We're all different. That was his design. It's a mystery they're trying to unfold now. What does this look like? It's only going to look like the church because we're the only one with the assignment of it. You got to think about that. Family is amazing. Community is amazing. And I discovered every day how deep it really is. I was alone. I did everything on my own. And when you start getting, and you start growing older, but you're growing on with the people that God has put in your path, and you you discover something. Spiritual family is stronger than biological family in a lot of instances. I discovered that just a few weeks ago. When I'm dealing with the past, now I'm a foster child. It comes up all the time. When they go to the doctor, he says, do you, do you, uh, did your family struggle with that? No, I don't know. But it starts with me. 
And then I get all these symptoms. I'm like, I don't know them, but I hate them. <laughs> but it's not true. It's, it starts with me. And when the bomb drops out, and when family will treat you in a way that you're not family any longer, which I discovered, because as a foster child, we're all good when the patriarchs were alive. But now when the patriarchs died, I was just there. And I have no decision-making process anymore on anything. So what do you do? You pray and you hang out with family. We did something with the lady, with the children's ministry the other day. Oh, I'm still hurting. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That was crazy. Then we did a block party yesterday. And those who helped with the block party yesterday, when we went over to the Palm House, thank you so much. It was an amazing thing. Can I say this? I needed that. Because family is more important. Community is more important than anything on God. And community is most important. I needed that. Had our discipleship group. Outside, we had a barbecue. We started singing, talking about old songs. Rita Franklin, I mean, some of y'all know who that is. Y'all need to because y'all have no singers now. Anyway, <laughs> but it was amazing sitting there when people don't look like me, think like me, but I needed that. And we don't believe in disposable relationships here. Wow. See, when I worry about natural family or biological family and rejection there, God's already filled that brotherhood, sisterhood. We're all brothers and sisters. And some of you young, because I'm like the mom, and I'm, the, I'm the uncle you never invite to, to home. <laughs> I know. He's weird. But that's okay. Bring your family out. I'll, I'll convert them. Say, <laughs> so how'd you get here? But we don't, we actually, God designed it that way. Because it's nothing like having a brother who's not really your blood brother. You're walking with them 12 year, 20 years, 10 years, sisters walking together 12, 20, 15 years. And I tell you what, at the drop of a dime, they're there quicker versus on the phone. I'll pray for you. Click. Retirement, it's not important. Except one, I got one sister that me and her are hanging out. Retirement, well, good. Be filled. Bye. We fill the room with the real family. That's how important it is. There's no barriers. I love this. In, in chapter, in verse 27, it says this. You got to realize this, guys. It's more than just salvation. Chapter 27, he says, For as many of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, when we receive Christ, we receive a new identity, family, and future. I'm good. Illustration. Let me tell you what that means. I take off my old nature, the labels. It's labels. See ya. Dry cleaners, praise God. And I pick up a new nature that is being, being perfected, a new family, and by golly, a new future, a better future. I'm identified by my new nature, not by my old. So I'm going to have the devil beating you up on something that's old. You need to let him know I am a new creation in Christ. In Christ, you're a new creation. 
That's what makes it amazing. That's what makes it attractive. You were not created to be me and Jesus. You're not going to make it. Everyone needs to see your warts. They need to see your weaknesses. In fact, you don't have to say they already know it's there. They already know it's there. You're the only one. I hope they don't find out. They can tell. You smell like it. It's okay. But that's what God unveiled today. All the issues that we have is only going to happen through the gospel. It's the only one that can correctly diagnose what's wrong with the nation and the only one that can give the proper prescription on how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come on now. And the gospel and no, sorry. No, I'm at an age that's saying Social Security is not going to be around. I don't even know it's there now. I've never seen it. But God, I know and I see. Not ver- this will be I see them through you. Make sense? We're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 17 says this. From now on, this is Paul speaking. Therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once were regarded. Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. But Paul was saying, when I saw Jesus, he didn't look desirable to look upon. When I met the people of God, they didn't look like they were all that. He said, what I was doing, I was, ju- I was judging them by human perspective. Nothing worse than be judged by a human perspective. Because everyone, they look at you and say, oh, just, well, he can't be a guy that has high education because of where he, his color of his skin. Or they can't be this because of where they, where they live in that neighborhood of theirs. Oh, wow. Ever do that? Ask for the credentials. Because, you know, God will send something your way that you won't appreciate. And he's saying this, he said, I will never long, no longer do this. Because Paul was very religious. And, then, and God said, what's this, Paul? What's this? Therefore, everyone said therefore. therefore. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Praise the Lord. The old as what? So don't try to resurrect it. Don't resurrect your labels. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I struggle with it. It's done. It's over. It starts with you today, uh, choice. Behold, the new has what? You got to let it come. If you don't let it come, it's not new. We share this with people. After they give their life to Jesus, they understand exactly what they did because the minute they walk out of here, the devil's going to say, that didn't happen. That was in some emotion. No, it's dead. No, the old nature is dead. And don't walk, about, walk around in your struggles. Elevating those. Yes, I did everything they said I did, but I'm a new creation in Christ. There's no alcohol in Christ. There's no racism in Christ. There's no economy in Christ. Them labels are gone. And I don't want to, I'm too old to deal with them. They're gone. I put on Christ. We all put on Christ. Do you understand without Jesus, it's impossible for us all to be sitting in this room and really love each other or attempt to love each other? We're just not that good. He knew that. That's why he sent the Savior. You got to know who he is, not about him. Otherwise, you live in guilt and you live in shame and you do everything trying to make God proud of you. God loves you because he sent his, you know what he said? There's no fear in perfect love. Why? Because the perfect love was Christ himself. It didn't matter your labels. Yeah, you're saying you're this. and I don't even see that. When I look at you, I see you in Christ. 
That means you're hidden in Christ. You're not hidden in your label. When I see you, all those labels, I, that's why I died. I died for the labels. I died for the past. Now I want to give you now. I want to give you a today, and I want to give you tomorrow. Oh, no, you're not ready for it. I know you're not, you don't feel you qualified for it. You start walking me, I will qualify you as you walk because my name is Grace. I'm Grace. I can't do this. We know. We can't give that much money to start a church. We know. But God can, and God did. And he continues to do it. We have family. You celebrate the, oh, I have, that's your extended family getting baptized. That's your extended family that you see on that video. We're family. That's how God builds. Bigger than we can comprehend. We're going to go to a world conference next year. I mean, this week, I mean, three weeks, which is amazing. Some of the things you read in the paper about our, well, our so-called enemies, we're going to meet our Christian brothers and sisters who they call enemies. I have more in common with a, a Christian Iraqi than I do with some of my family members. Why? What unites us? Jesus. We have to think bigger. It's a scripture I read. The reason why we have to be reminded of that constantly, and the reason why I always say, read your Bible every day, and here, you can throw this in, six bucks of a purple book, great commercial. Reason why, when I read this Bible, it takes my eyes from horizontal to vertical. Look what he says here. This is us. Now, if you're not born again, do it before the service is over. Jesus came and died on the cross for you that you can live your life through him. All it calls is repentance and faith. You turn from, you turn to. Not trying to work out your repentance and penance every single day. That is a bad existence. I hope I go. I did good things. No, no, no. I know I go, and I'm not even a good thing. It says this. Colossians 3. If you didn't have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated by the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above and not on the things on earth. Don't judge people according to who they are and your education level. Don't do that. You're not becoming a light. You're becoming darkness. For you have died... Who took my coat? Okay. You good. And your life is hidden in Christ. Everyone say in Christ. In God. When Christ, who is your life, appears... You won't be in the label line. It don't even matter. Reason why, when he appears, then you'll also appear with him in glory. But here's the part I left out. When he appears, Christ, who is your life, not your pedigree, not your education, not your gender, not your culture, not everything else. Christ 
is my life. And his example of his life, we will never understand it because he always gives us what we don't deserve. His grace is massive. Some of you sitting, I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy. Sorry, he died on the cross for you. If you feel that way, you need to come give your life to Jesus now. Because he died, especially, all you're doing is saying it didn't happen. Oh, it happened. Oh, I believe it happened. But don't limit your life to a label. And that's my prayer, that you realize who you are. Because when you start living your life to a label, you start living a lie. And the truth has so much freedom in it. You shall know the truth and the truth of what? Set, and I don't care what age you are. The older I get, the more freedom I need because I can get cantankerous and I can definitely get opinionated. But when I read this, all my opinions and all my labels and all my, whoosh, he said, why? You've been raised with Christ. Have a new perspective of Christ. And it says in Ephesians 2, raised far above. All the heaven, far above what? All the labels. Far above all the diseases. Far above all the depression. Far above all things. Everyone say all. Oh. I am far, I'm not, I'm not, I feel like I'm far above, but by God and by truth, I'm far above. So I got to rely on my truth, the truth with my mind. Set your mind on the things of Christ, not the things of this world. No more arguments. <laughs> I don't want to argue about it. All I know, you need the gospel. You need the gospel. You got to change your mind before you can change your mind. You want to change your life? You want to change your kids? You want to change your society? Change your mind. It's all saying. God good this morning or what? God good or what? Good push, push beyond your, free, your, your feelings and be free. I ask right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that you touch our hearts. Touch our minds. Recalibrate our, our perspective on who we are and whose we are. We praise you. We ask Holy Spirit that you come right now. Lord, fill us continuously. Not be filled with the things in this world, but be continually filled by the Holy Spirit. Fill those today and encourage them today. In Jesus' name, amen.